the fourth pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Sauce Gardner, defensive back, Cincinnati. The New York Jets select Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. All righty then, Garrett Wilson's going to the Jets. Welcome to the Underdog Jets podcast with Wayne Corbett and Robbie Sabo. Welcome back, New York Jets fans. And guess what? Your team is the toast of the NFL, the NFL draft specifically. Everywhere you look, universal acclaim, A grades left and right. There were some surprises to me, but any Jets fan who complains about this one, they're just off their rocker. I know one man who's happy, who's uh, looking forward to this summer because another receiver is coming to town, a guy we looked at, Garrett Wilson, and that man is Wayne Krebet. Wayne, what did you think about that night? Uh, I thought it was great. You know, I was at the stadium for the, uh, for the first round, actually the beginning of the first round. And I thought they did great. And obviously, uh, you know, uh, everybody's happy with the picks. You know, uh, you can't go wrong. It was, it was an A draft. And then um, I went out. And I was actually on the way home from dinner. And I hear the Jets traded up to, uh, I don't know, 25, 26. And I'm like, why would they trade up? Yeah. Get someone. I'm like, who is who is available that they want to get? And then I hear that they got the Johnson kid. And I was like, shocked that he was still there. Yeah. And I was like, wow. I was like, this draft got even better. And, so you know, yeah, everybody I talk radio is going crazy about it. Yeah, Joe Benigno and Evan Roberts are probably going nuts. I mean, those three guys, yeah. uh, Ahmad, so Sauce, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, they were three guys in the top 10 of a lot of uh draft boards, a lot of teams. And the Jets had Johnson in the top 10 as well. Why he slid, we still don't know. You know, he was a he was a late bloomer because he shined at the senior bowl. So maybe that had something to do with it. But you know. We said this before the draft started, and the reason we missed two weeks, by the way, is because I got COVID, but uh, lost my voice, all healed up. I couldn't play injured. I tried. Uh, I thought for sure they would go edge at either at four or 10. They did not do that. And, you know, Douglas turns up looking like roses trading up for Johnson at 26. Yeah, that was a big move, kind of like what they did with Vera Tucker last year. But the fact that that kid was available, the only thing I heard, I mean, his, his motor, sometimes he questioned the guy, kid's motor. That mm-hmm. is not an issue. Um, mm-hmm. is that he only had the one full year um, at FSU from the, um, you know, last chance you, the, the Juco. That's school. right. But, I mean, they essentially got the number one corner. Yep. Uh, the number one receiver, I felt, 
uh, number one running back, you know, Brees Hall. And then this came, you know, first or second at his position. So, I mean, it was an outstanding job by uh, Joe Douglas and Coach Salah. Did, did you think Ahmad was going to be the guy at four? Or did you think it was going to be our guy, our boy, Kwanu? I thought that once Stingley went mm-hmm. uh, before the Jets picked, that they kind of had to go after the sauce because there was a drop-off to the third corner. So I think it made sense to get sauce at four. It's interesting, too. Sauce, I'm surprised Stingley went third, to be honest, yeah. because I'm taking sauce every time. Six foot three. I, I think the thing that a lot of people overlooked, myself included, he fits this Salah scheme perfectly. You know, he's like that Richard Sherman-esque. He he could bump and bail, bail technique, play that cover three uh, quarters to perfection. And that's the kind of player he is. He can do everything. He can play man too, obviously, but he fits that scheme perfectly. And and he's got a personality perfect uh, for the metropolitan area as well. Yeah, he's a ball hawk too. You could see, uh, you know, he breaks on the ball well. And I think he just understands the concept of the defense and the offense he's going Against, like you said, he's perfect for uh, for New York, you know, his personality and, and what he brings. So, you know, I think the fans are going to love him as well as the uh, other two picks. Yeah, and then the corner at four, Garrett Wilson at 10. And again, I, I thought they might go receiver at 10, but I wasn't sure. So chalk it up as a bit of a surprise. And the real takeaway for me is this Joe Douglas. We know Douglas is an inside out guy, former offensive lineman in college standout. Uh, where did he go? Uh, Virginia. I forget the college exactly, but was a good lineman and he believes in inside out philosophy. I thought because some of the questions with Becton, because of the edge, you know, you know, they need interior defensive linemen too, especially a one tech guy. I thought that he'd still pound that inside and he did not. And I think that's a tip of the cap. For him and this regime taking what was there and realizing this league is changing a lot. You know, playmakers more make more of an impact these days. Uh, plays are quicker. So, you know, I give them a lot of credit in that regard. And the bonuses, fans, you know, they love the Mangolds and the AVTs and the Beckton's of the world. But when they're skilled players, when the skilled players go in the top 10 to the Jets, it gives even more hype. Yeah, I mean... You know, it was the deepest draft as far as receiver. I felt we got the best one. Yeah. Um, some guys who went later in the first round or second round certainly could have great careers. But, uh, I mean, who would you have taken at 10 as far as the next O-lineman off the board? Probably. I probably would have went Jermaine Johnson, to be honest. No, at uh, O-lineman. O-line? Probably nobody. Yeah. I probably would have passed at O-line at 10. Yeah, at that point. So yeah. the gamble paid off that we got him, you know, in the mid twenties. Yeah. I think they made the right call. Uh, they went with the board. They didn't force it. And that's a huge thing. So, Hey, tip of the cap, uh, Jermaine Johnson trading up with Tennessee at 26. Uh, they wind up getting seven guys all in the first four rounds too, which is interesting. Uh, Michael Clemens, another edge who could be a situational sub guy, you know, out of out of passing downs. And they got that swing tackle too, Max Mitchell, who really has some pretty good stats in college. Can he be that third tackle to plug in? You know, if Becton misses time or Fant misses a game or two, you know, time will tell. Yeah, I think both of them are solid picks. The Clemens kid, same exact thing, high motor, high intensity kind of guy. And that's all you can ask for. You know, you could could teach technique. You can get him strong in the weight room. But sometimes you cannot 
teach a kid to have a high motor and to be an all out kind of guy every play. Um, it's just how it is. It's offense or defense. Sometimes, you know, you kind of like it's in your DNA. So you could teach you other things, but the fact that these guys are like that, you know, it's going to be great additions to Sal's defense. Yeah. And you're so right. It's a, it's in their DNA. And that's what Sal and Douglas look at. And they really love guys who love to play ball. They love high quality guys. Um, you know, speaking of DNA, every Jets fan alive knows what your DNA was, you know, tough over the middle, gritty, do whatever it takes to get the job done. And one of the plays we I saw earlier today, you sent me the uh, the one-handed catch in Baltimore in 2000. I think we think it was 2000 around Christmas time where you yeah. made the one-handed catch, did not celebrate, and it, and it struck you like, oh man, I didn't even I didn't even do anything in terms of hype, in terms of celebration. But again, that was workmanlike. That was in your DNA. Yeah, just I don't know, it's just different. And these are the kind of guys they're going after. Actually, yeah. you know, I read the comments. I have never reacted or you know, responded to, you know, stupid comments or this and that. But it was funny. It was about 10 minutes after I saw the video, somebody posted that video and I liked it and everything. Mm-hmm. It was, so why wasn't Wayne Kravitz drafted? The, the, they, they, they said, this guy said that I was too fragile to play in the NFL. <laughs> Where did these people get this stuff? I'm it's- like, I thrived on contact. But um, the whole point of it was after I watched that play, I was like, yeah. I mean, I got absolutely smashed. Um, but uh, I I enjoy when when people post those things, man, because it's just a blast from the past. And I don't know if you saw the post, uh, me, Lavernius, and Santana Modis at a. Yeah, I was going to ask you where where did that come from? They had a big card show, three day card show at American Dream by the stadium, and I always post a picture of the three of us on the sideline smiling. And this was the first time in twenty years that the three of us were together. And I was like, has it really been twenty years? Mm-hmm. since the three of us played together but uh it was great i posted that everybody seemed to love it yeah the uh trio from what was it when did santana come in 2000 uh, probably from like two or 2001 to 2003 2004 yeah and when i, when I think of santana moss i think of that touchdown w- with the pennington strong arm in san diego in the playoffs yeah so we uh we had some good memories just uh laughing a lot uh yesterday and actually it's funny because there was four people signing at the four o'clock spot and it was us three and uh mike tyson so we took, we, we, yeah i was like what, what doesn't belong so um we took a picture of mike mike tyson and uh i was on his right side so we all stood in the picture you know and he puts his hand up like that and i my face was like here and i was just kind of like shying away i was like this tough now i think i'm tough but then there's a whole different world like a guy like that so it was uh yeah. It was exciting to meet get the guy and shake his hand, but uh, seeing my boys, my fellow receivers yesterday was awesome. Yeah, Tyson, you know, if you're putting together a list of guys who don't want to punch you, I think he's right at the top of the list. As, as listeners hear my dog go crazy right now. My apologies in advance. I couldn't get uh, someone to right. watch it for the night. So, yeah, everybody who uh, liked the comment and made comments on the picture of uh, of the uh, me, Santana, and LC, thank you very much. I do uh, – you know, read all them. So, uh, you know, I'll keep those uh, photos coming. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting foursome with Mike Tyson. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, the other big news is the schedule came out and I have never seen anything like this, Wayne. The Jets open up, the, they play the AFC North this year. And what is it, the NFC North? So it's always rough when you have to go to the West Coast 
both conferences. It only happens like once every 11, 12 or 13 years, but they play the AFC North and there are, those are the first four matchups on the schedule. I have never seen anything like this in my life. They open up at home against Baltimore on 9-11, which makes sense. Um, there were a lot of rumors that they were going to be the first Sunday night game for the 9-11 uh, night. Turns out it is, what is it, 1 o'clock game, I believe, at 1 o'clock against Baltimore. So versus Baltimore, at Cleveland, versus Cincinnati, and then at Pittsburgh to open this thing up. I have never seen anything like this. You always get, you know, at least two AFC matchups in the first four weeks. Right. Yeah. Um, you'll see what they're made of right away. But uh, yeah, speaking, you know, I looked at some of the um, statistics. I mean, some of the teams are going, uh, you know, Seattle, you know, where they're playing overseas, 20,000 miles travel. Pittsburgh's not even leaving the Eastern uh, timeline. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Eastern time. I mean, they're, I think they're like 3,500 miles for the whole season. Yep. So, uh, you know, you got to beat them on their own field. Um, it's a tough place to play, but uh, we'll see what we're made of in the first quarter of the year. And obviously you like to go three and one in that, but versus those teams, if they can come away two and two, at least I would say it's a successful start to the year. Yeah. And, and I'm not giving up anything. I hope they go four and all, but three and one would be a nice start. Yeah. So I agree with you that with that first month of the season and then it's versus Miami week five at Green Bay which is going to be nice to check out Lambeau field. I've never been there myself um, at Denver and then home against New England. So again, it, that first half of the season, it's not easy. It's a tough one. Yeah. Um, you know, it is what it is. You can't pick who you play, but uh, they're going to have to beat them all mm-hmm. to, to, uh, to make the playoffs. So, uh, you know, I think the big thing is having these mini camps. I mean, I wasn't there. I know you were there for the rookie mini camp. But to see um, all those guys together, that's in, in uh, the, the rookies today, uh, seems like uh, they put in some good practices. But, uh, you know, see, this is some of the time they haven't had in the last couple of years because of the COVID restrictions. Yeah, no, actually, I was going to be there Saturday for rookie camp, but that was in my throes of the beginning of COVID. So yeah, I'm going to have to hit up OTAs on the 23rd. I think it opens. Yeah, that was another thing based on the players that they got. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, it, you know, the kid from Florida State, Johnson, they haven't had senior bowl. They haven't had things where, you know, the, the pro days where guys can be there, you know, in person, it was all Zoom stuff. So yeah. you know, the fact that they, I think the guys they pick were guys they saw their pro days and got the chance to kick the tires on and meet in person and see their personalities. I think why that's why the draft went so well. That's true. Because remember the Jets coaching staff was prominent at the senior bowl. Yeah. So very good point. Uh, yeah. So I'm looking forward. Uh, you can't tell with with shorts and t-shirts on sometimes, but, uh, you can't. And also when you, when we look at the schedule right now, we know how, you know, semi ridiculous it is, you know, it it comes out, it's a big night. NFL makes it a big thing, but we don't know how it's going to shake out. We don't know what these teams are going to look like. The NFL changes so dramatically each year. Jets are kind of an outlier because they're rebuilding this thing the right way. And it was something I wrote recently where it kind of touches on that. First, he focused on the inside. Now he's getting to the outer edges and you really have huge pieces of the puzzle in tow. You know, AVT, Garrett Wilson, Sauce, uh, Becton, Fant, who is a pleasant surprise. Zach Wilson, 
and you got two backs. There were a lot of analytics people who did not like the Brees Hall pick in the early second because he's a running back. But I think analytics, if you use it as a religion, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. It needs to be used as a tool, not as a, not as a religion. And he, again, he fits this scheme perfectly. His vision is great. He's a one cut guy. And I think him and Michael Carter are going to work off each other brilliantly. Yeah. It's running back by committee. There's, yeah. there's really not many guys except like a Derrick Henry kind of guy that, you know, get, get most of the carries, but um, yeah, that one, two punch. And, and I, you know, I know I've played a lot of fantasy, so I've played Brees Hall. In uh, in fantasy, uh, you know, on uh, DraftKings and stuff like that. I mean, he he puts up some numbers. I think he had a touchdown like thirty game, straight games or something. So they compare him to Tomlinson. Yeah, with uh, and so uh, you know, I mean, it's comparisons are it is what it is. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, they just put some weapons around uh, Zach Wilson. Yeah, um, giving him every you know spot to to succeed. Um, doing anything they can to protect them and throw that defense in there. Um, and you got barriers coming back as the pro bowl returner or the, uh, all pro returner. I mean, they've improved vastly and it ain't just us saying that we're biased, but it's the media. Oh yeah. The toughest, you know, the, you know, especially the New York media, the toughest critics. So they still have to go out there and win games, but going into it, I think there's great cause for optimism. There was not one below a minus grade. From all these pundits, you know, Mel Kuyper, everywhere, NFL.com, Daniel Jeremiah, it just didn't end. And they had a great draft last year, I thought. And there was praise for Joe Douglas. Even the first year, there was great praise, but it did not even come close to this year. It was unanimous. Um, and speaking of Zach Wilson and Berrios, did you happen to catch it? They went to uh, Rangers game seven last night. Yeah, I saw them celebrating with their yeah. Rangers. Yeah, and they actually were killing Zach because he was wearing at the Islanders game doing the same thing last year. Yeah. And they say, you have to pick. You have yep. to pick. listen. I root for all New York teams. You don't have to pick. I'm glad he's supporting the New York, you know, teams. Hopefully they come out and support the Jets. But uh, yeah, that's an exciting thing to be at. Maybe I'll get to one of the games later in the uh, this next series. Yeah. Hockey fans are, are built a little differently. Uh, I've come to know. I've come to know. And um you're right. He doesn't have to pick. You know, I, I'm in this area in baseball. I like the Mets and Yankees, but I'm glad he finally is watching a real hockey team as opposed to the Isles last year. I'll just drop that real quick. Think about this. You know, I was listening to um, it was ESPN on the radio home. And uh, like I said, after the Johnson pick yeah. and what the Giants did in the first round. And the guy's like, if you see, flat out said he, he said, if you're not excited, as a Jet and a Giant fan right now, you are an asshole. And he said it was like that. And it's the truth. And at that same thing, people are calling it a little bit Jets, Giants, uh, Yankees, Mets, first place, Rangers, second round of the playoffs. This, this is a good time for, for New York sports. So, uh, you know, I'm excited about all of it. You know, I can't wait to uh, see them take the field in training camp and start banging a little bit and see what, uh, see what they have there. Yeah, I mean, and again, hopefully the Rangers lead the way and do something against Carolina this series. And to your point, listen, yes, you see these comments. They still have to do it on the field. They still have to win, blah, blah, blah. Of course, granted. But at the very least, and this is huge, it, it hasn't been built with smoke and mirrors this time. You know, rewind the clock to 2019. 
there was a big party for the new uniforms. They brought in Le'Veon Bell. They brought in Mosley, and I still like Mosley. Mosley's here, but they got ahead of them ahead of themselves. They were bringing in veterans when they weren't ready yet. You know, you need an offensive line before you bring in a veteran running back and commit that money. This GM, this regime understands that. And they took the patient approach and it's not smoke and mirrors. It's legitimate. When, when, not if is the question when this team succeeds. I think people are realizing that. And uh, it's nice, you know, if you're a player, it's nice to have the support of everybody. Obviously, you only want to go in there and you're just getting hammered by the media or hammered by the fans, you know, the so-called pundits, whatever it is. But like I said, there's a level of excitement right now that there hasn't been in a while. And still people are like, well, it's the same old Jets. Listen, it's not. Mm-hmm. All right. I was part of those teams. This isn't that. I understand they have talent and they have to be cohesive unit. But um, the way they're doing this, the way they've built this the last couple of years, this is how you create, you know, uh, uh, you know, a, a team that's here to stay for a while, be a playoff team and, and consistently make the playoffs and, you know, hopefully contend for a championship. Absolutely. That's a rattle off the schedule. Week nine, home against Buffalo. Then week 10 is the bye. Week 11 in Foxborough. So they got the Pats two out of three games, two out of four weeks with the bye in there. Um, same situation as last year uh, in Foxborough after the bye, which is interesting. Then they turn around, bring in Chicago and then go to Minnesota back to back NFC North teams. Uh, and then at Buffalo week 14 home against Detroit in week 15. And this is where it lightens up a little bit based on right now. The end of the schedule is really where they could create some damage. Um, home, their only primetime game is Thursday night, week 16, home against Jacksonville at Seattle, which is that's the extra game where the NFC has the extra home game this year. So they have the Jets have eight home games, nine road games, and they're matched up. AFC East is matched up to the NFC West. So the fourth place team plays the fourth place team, Jets versus Seahawks. And then week 18 to finish the season at Miami. So an interesting schedule. Yeah. Well, like I said, they have to come out pretty hot, but you got to win, you know, with that amount, you know, the the home games, you got to win, you got to win all your home games or, or, or a majority of them. You got to win your AFC East battles. But I mean, I, you look at it, you know, look at talent, look at the talent level. I think after Buffalo, we are second right now in talent. Um, ahead of the Dolphins and, uh, you know, ahead of the, um, that was the other team. Uh, Bills, Dolphins, Pats. Yeah. Oh, Dolphins, Pats. I think they're more talented than the Pats. It's I really do. I do. Yeah. They don't have to experience it, you know, but uh, they have a lot of other things going for you. And most importantly, uh, you know, no one expects them to do anything. Right. So they have nothing to lose going to these games. They do not have a target on their back. You know, they can just go out there and, and play hard and let the chips fall where they may. And they're younger. I mean – the, the Pats went on a crazy spree last year, free agent spree. You know, they're older. I think it's going to be a, a tougher battle for them this year as opposed to last year because of that. So, you know, it should be interesting. Tua with Tyree Kill in the AFC East. That's another thing to watch out for. Um, but, yeah, like you said, the talent is there. And when I look up and down this depth chart, the offensive line looks great on paper. Uh, they got two running backs you can count on. You got four receivers you can count on. Oh, and this last one, we'll end on this note. How about Jeremy Ruckert, the tight end, the hometown kid getting, yeah. getting drafted? Did you see that video with his family celebrating? Yeah, I thought 
um, after getting a Zuma and a Conklin that they might not go after. I know we talked about the McBride kid. Yeah. Um, but the fact that they got him, um, I think he had one drop in like the last two years as a local guy. But, uh, you know, my whole thing is well, they, had, they had like a why not us, you know, feeling right now. Like, why not us? Like, they actually believe. And that's part of the battle going in thinking we could have a special year. Uh, and uh, I'm excited as much as anybody. But like I said, it's it's realistic this year. It's not a pipe dream. Yeah, Justin Hardy Sr., the uh, special teams ace who they signed last offseason. Tweet from yesterday. All the Jets, quote, all the Jets disrespect and slander comes to an end after this season. Okay. Exclamation point. I'll catch y'all soon. And all quote. right. Well, let's let's end on that. With the draft, like you said, we both agree it's a tremendous draft, better than a cap to, to management and Joe and Salad. But let's uh can you know get together in a couple of days and, and see how this uh veterans and rookies went in uh mini camp this week. Cause uh, you know, I'm interested to see, you know, uh, what people report on that. Absolutely. I, I don't know. We'll, on the next episode, we'll we'll got we'll let everyone know when OTAs, I think they're the 23rd, but we'll round back. We'll be back soon, like Wayne said, with another episode. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on iTunes. Uh, rate and review. It's the best thing you could do for us. Share this video and this podcast. And use that discount code 80 at JetsXFactor.com. You know, the subscriptions are flooding in, and we do not want it to stop. Yeah, and um, like I said, we'll we'll start doing this live when we get iron out the kinks so you guys can, um, you know, give your questions and have, you know, a little go back and forth to uh to answer it you know things you you guys really want to hear about yeah mark it down as me being on the shelf for the last two weeks with the non-disclosed illness we'll we'll go with that all right all right jets fans we'll catch you later wayne have a good one you too take care